Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. And joining me is Associate Hannah Garcia for the week in review of December 11th. This is episode 227 and welcome to the show. Hello everybody. Well, it's been uh, an eventful week yes. um, as we're closing out the quarter and the year. Uh, council had their last meeting yesterday. Yeah, there was it was a packed house. I didn't even get into the chambers. Mm-hmm. And um, there were yeah, we had we had council members. I mean, there was I think a lot of that was around the uh, the letter, public letter. Oh, it was it was a resolution or a letter? Public letter. Public letter that council member Fuentes Velasquez and Cadre um, co-wrote and, or co-wrote and signed regarding. Um, uh, the ceasefire, regarding this ice ceasefire and the uh, Hamas-Israel war. So we saw a lot of uh, activists out yesterday um, doing pro-ceasefire. Pro, uh, yeah, plus the, the normal crowd that was there to celebrate the final council meeting of the year. And they ended, they ended uh, I think, as they started very, very fast. I mean, mm-hmm. I you know we went on a lunch break, came back, and had some other things going on, and then I tuned in at 3, and it was already... To, it was already on just, uh, you know, kind of the filler station that comes on when council's not in. So. Yeah, yeah. So they successfully made it this year only having one really, really long meeting. Which um, was a special item meeting, yeah, nonetheless, too. Yeah, a special item meeting. One item. So, I, pretty good timing. Mm-hmm. We'll be, we're in the process now of thinking through, or looking, interviewing the year of uh, kind of key policies that happened. But I would, I would say this is the year of... Of land use, yes, for sure. Just a lot of you know from from day one. I think well, once we got through kind of the first quarter, the winter storm, some other items, right? The new C, the new interim city manager. It was council was pretty focused on I mean on key land use so our key land use policy. Yeah, and we've I think we've seen some council members try to piecemeal the land development code the best they could, especially after you know three failed attempts to rewrite it. And this was I think the most drastic year that we've had with changes, you know, parking minimums being um, eliminated, the home initiative, um, as well as, uh, this hasn't even been passed yet, but Councilmember Vela's proposal for compatibility, mm-hmm. um, among a lot of other things. We have that chart, I know you've been wor- working on um, kind of our own internal tracking, but there are dozens of housing policies that are carrying over, or proposals rather, that are carrying over mm-hmm. into the new year that came from council. Yes, yes. So that, I think, I think of all of all the different issues we think about, we're looking at the next year, should be a lot of the same in terms of land use issues and the act, really active on that for, for better or for worse, depending on what side of the fence you're on for those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, and based off of our kind of looking at when the resolutions were initiated and when um, in the resolution they put, we expect this back to the dais by this date. They're doing pretty good on timing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times they're getting it done a lot faster. So kudos to development services, um, the land development code cabinet, um, mm-hmm. and everyone on the dais. I think we see a, definitely seeing a lot more alignment with council and the, you know and city staff on, on this process. At least, at least the city staff I think had feels they have the direction they need from council on it, right? And so mm-hmm. they might have been initially surprised by the amount, the volume of of uh, policies that were coming out, yeah. But and we, and we can probably track that to see like what was the cadence. Was it like once at least once a month someone was promoting pushing or at least promoting a it, policy? It felt like it was every meeting. Mm-hmm. But um, no, that's a good a good little um, research project for me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think you know I factor in we had the first three months, the first quarter of, of this year, January January through March, right where a lot of things if you want to do got held up because of just. The, some more pressing issues of the day, the winter storm, the change in city leadership, both 
on the council's dais, but also on the city government side. And then the or the, on the city non-elected staff side. Yeah, and the fact that like that all of that happened in the first two months of the year, and then South by went by without an, any issue. That's mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. I, mean, I think South by was just a very good turning point where the city was like, okay, we're back. Mm-hmm. So moving on. Uh, this week um, on month, so this week in news on Monday, we find we have a final final order from the Travis County judge regarding those three land use policies that were overturned, um, those 2022 land use policies that were overturned. And we talked we talked this before, but remind us again, Hannah, what those were. Yeah, so that was VMU2, Vertical Mixed Use 2, which would have allowed you to build a little bit taller in certain areas um, based off of, you know, giving a certain amount of affordable units, um, compatibility on the corridors, which would have um, kind of changed some compatibility regulations, which says what you can and can't build next to each other um, in line with a lot of um, transportation hubs. And then the last one is um, residential commercial. There we All go. right, very good. It's testing memory. And the one that didn't get overturned was affordability unlocked. Yes. And the only reason that wasn't overturned uh, was because the state law prevented challenges of misworkings after three years. So they beat the clock on that one. Yeah, and I think in regards to what this um, ruling means for future lawsuits, I I do think you know they have th- these this group of homeowners has a good chance of of you know potentially winning a lawsuit against the home initiative. They've already signaled that they're reviewing it, and they um, you know they're I think we saw a lot of the same faces involved in the lawsuit last Thursday testifying whether they were for or against. Mm-hmm. But um, I think you know the the ruling says that um, the city failed to give proper notice to all property owners who have, whose property is having its zoning regulations or boundaries change and the properties within 200 feet of the property. So I, I would argue that giving citywide notice is enough. Um, and I also, I think it's just like, it, from like perspective, from my perspective, it's kind of like, okay, these people are at the every single meeting. They got notice because they're there. And so I'm, I'm. But everyone else didn't, though. There's, they got it, but they're, you know. And again, that's the, I, I, I yeah. get your point, right? But it's not, it's not. The, yeah. <laughs> I get your point. And then there's, um, and I also think based off of what they did with Home Initiative, you know, you're allowed to set your own notification process if you do um, a joint meeting with the Planning Commission and City Council. So I think you know, definitely going to have another lawsuit. But what comes out of that is going to hopefully make things clearer because right now I'm a little confused. You know, yeah. I'm not a lawyer, but um, I think that this this muddies the waters a little bit. Yeah, I think, look, we can definitely expect a lawsuit from me on this. Now, whether, whether I, again, I've said this in prior episodes, it's going to be a function of, or the standard, like what, what the ruling on this from the judge will set a standard that we'll know. But right now, yeah, I mean, if, you know, the folks who are opposing prior links policies of the city councils are three, you know, three and zero. So I, I don't see them not suing on this, and you know, and just based on precedent, they've won. Yeah. I think the difference there will be is what you know the city took some steps this year. The council did on outreach that wasn't the norm from those those past three policies, as well as project uh, project next, code next, different <laughs> not, not, not another non controversial uh, matter. So <laughs> um, no, it's totally controversial, but. We will see, right? I think it'll set a standard, and uh, I definitely think you know this council, even you know, going this next election cycle, I don't see it change. I don't 
particular change too much, if at all, besides the open seats, yeah. two of those. Um, and so I think we can expect definitely in 2024 and most likely in 2025, if, particularly if we have folks now, now in office that are termed out, or though they're term limited and have uh, nothing to lose, truly nothing to lose. Yeah, no, I think we've seen that from the dais already. <laughs> well, in that case, too, we'll never, I mean, maybe we could talk, we can bring her on the show, or ask her to be on the show after, you know, in 2025. I'm just very curious. Like, I don't, it came out of just this total flip. Yeah. And, and from conventional thinking of where where she, we're talking about Councilmember Leslie Poole, District 7, about where she would be on this issue. And again, if you look, if this had been a year ago, two years ago, if we had a time machine back in time to ourselves in 2020 and 2021, like, oh, this is, these policies, oh, this is great policies. Who's pushing, who's promoting them? Leslie Poole. No way. No, yes yeah. way. No, it's absolutely no. crazy. I always joke that this is like the greatest, like, character development we've seen on the diet. <laughs> character so story arc. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I think it's more just words, just, I'm always very curious, like, where, where did it come from? I don't, I mean, she, I mean she, and she's, I, mean, we, I, I agree the policies. It's been several. I mean, Home Act, was the one prior that also had a level of controversy or at least animosity from certain members of um, kind of the, the, the NIMBY community. I do not remember. But you know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. It was one that, it was, it was a sal- opening one. It was, wow, she's doing this? Yeah. Right? Yeah. From people. And so, and I mean, all to say, I think it was just, I think from either folks who are, who normally would have not sided with their own issues as well as people who did side with their own issues were, I think they can all agree they were all surprised. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Probably the only thing they're going to agree on. Yeah, and, and I even think in relation regards to like the I-35, seeing council members actively push back. On the captain stitch? Or yeah, the Just the expansion. I-35 expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, what they've been able to do with that. And, you know, they haven't, you know, effectively killed I-35 as many um, of their supporters would like them to, but they've gotten a lot more... Um, you know, environmental and like air quality, um, what's it called, I guess, um, studies that are going to be done by TxDOT now mm-hmm. that I think, you know, is is a lot better than having nothing done. And so um, it's a, a lot of good stuff coming from the dais. Yeah, well, more to come in 2024. Um, and then turning to Tuesday, council had a work session presentation from the city, demo- city demographer, uh, Lila Valencia. Mm-hmm. So we'll post the presentation, the video link, and her PDF presentation in the show notes. But some very interesting takeaways. I mean, not not totally surprised that Austin, for the twelfth year in a row, is the fastest growing metro in the nation. Um, because even within that, right, you look at Williamson County, like, and certain, and then within that, certain cities, I think Georgetown is the fastest growing small, you know, city yeah. in, in the overall nation. And I. I go back to Buda pretty frequently, which is where I grew up. And, you know, since I've left, there's been a new high school, I think two new elementary schools. Mm-hmm. Every time I go back, I see a new subdivision. Uh, my grandma's like, you should live there. <laughs> well, you're the, now you're the greater metro. I mean, yeah. so Buda is in Hayes County. Then and, and Kyle, which is south of Buda, is also one of the fastest growing cities. They're building a McDonald's, like, right down the street from my house, which is, you know, the immediate sign that, you know, your your community's growing. Mm-hmm. So that was, I saw the Golden Arches and I was like, what? You already have a Starbucks drawn there. Yeah, we've, we've had a Starbucks for a so while. So it's the vestiges of civilization, yeah, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, we are we are growing massively. One, we were, we were both at work session on, on Tuesday. One statistic that I, that I caught, caught my eye was just the, or my ear rather, was the 
the daytime population of Austin. Um, the, the statistic was about 1.5 million people are in the city of Austin in the day. And that's all those folks are coming in from, I mean, a lot, a lot of these people are coming in from is, is Hayes, Williamson County. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that's, you know, a lot of people that have families, you know, owning a home in Austin isn't necessarily feasible for everybody. But it's not feasible at all. Yeah, <laughs> but owning a home in Buda. For, for, the, for the average person, yeah, right. Yeah, Buda, Leander. Um, you know, all of the, the little suburbs that have kind of, you know, started growing so exponentially fast because they are in the periphery of Austin. I think, you know, we're going to continue to see that. Yeah. And, you know, just even, I think as, particularly out in Williamson County, right, as, as the Samsung ripple, Samsung effect, you know, with their new expansion and development out there ripples throughout that whole area, the whole, that whole region. Williamson County, actually, there was another, I hit that word. Another statistic that I heard was that Williamson County by 2024, the population will be bigger than Travis County, Whoa. which includes Austin, mm -hmm. right? And you think about that. I mean, I'll put it this way. I remember when I was in high school, you weren't born yet. My freshman year, one of my classmates, her parents were moving to Leander. And this is 1997. Yeah. And Leander was just one, where is that? Yeah. Because it was, I mean, the Cotto, you know, it was it just, it wasn't, these were, these were small towns and yeah. they are I mean, so I came back. Uh, my brother was at Bowie High School, went to wrestling meet up in up that part, you know, Vista Ridge, wherever we were. Right. I remember we were going through past 183 and kept going and kept going 183 North, and I was like, "Where are we?" And all I, there's this development mm -hmm. as far as you can see. And this is I, I haven't been home like that part of town in years. I mean, the first I knew was that you had a, what was the mall? Lakeline Mall. Yeah. That was like the end of it, and you had like the FM road right there. Yeah. I and was, so I was just, wow, like, this is, oh, this is real. People, like, are living out here. Yeah. I was talking to some people a few nights ago, and we were talking about what would they call the, um, I guess, because Austin is going to start kind of merging into, you know, the San Antonio and um, Williamson County. Like, what are they going to call this? Like, you know, how they have DFW. Mm -hmm. um, they have the DMV. And so, like, what are they going to call it? Like, are they just going to say Central Texas? Like The Greater Austin Region. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, know, but I feel like we deserve a nice little acronym or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, A-T-S-X? I don't know. We'll I, I think it organically will happen. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I hopefully hopefully we're, we're around. The, the firm will be there to reap the benefits of all that growth. <laughs> yes. I think with, I mean, as it relates to Wayman County, that's going to be, it's more just the Greater Austin Metro. Because even companies who move there, I mean, Maybe at some point change is right, but Austin is still the identifier of this region. Yeah, it's the it's the name. You know, like Tesla isn't in Austin; it's out in Del it's in Del Valley. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. But so they say they're in it's, Austin. It's, it's Austin. Austin yeah. is the thing, but we are that we're the name of the regions, the Greater Austin Metro. Um, you know, at least in our lifetimes. Now with with, with Austin, and San Antonio, because DFW kind of just flows, right? Yeah. I don't know why, maybe because it's been that way forever. So at some point it wasn't, and then it was. Yeah. So I'm sure there are some very smart marketing people that will create that. That will be that will be contracted by the city governments, yes, to the governments to create this thing and promote it. And like, oh, that makes sense. Put it on a T-shirt. This this thing, mm -hmm. as long as you know, I'm, you know, hopefully we'll be there to. Well, we have an office in San Antonio just to help with that merger too. I don't know. Yeah. See, that's BG Media's department. So, And then continuing on, we have uh, this article in the ABJs regarding incentives. And so we 
as many of you know, uh, the city of Austin approved their first incentive for NXP semiconductors. And I mean, the first incentive they've ever been approved in probably almost a decade. So it was a sign of, I think, what's to come. The article really dis discusses the changing, and quotes from council members and mayor on the shift in what they're looking and what they're looking for. And again, we've talked, we've talked about this in prior episodes. The big thing with this council going forward, I believe, is going to be it's less about overall how many jobs you can create. It's more about what can you do right now. And that particularly is around childcare mm -hmm. and just either helping to address, well, not helping to, yeah, address the childcare access and affordability. And I think on workforce development. It's not how many jobs you're going to create, it's but what can you do to train and help people right now? Yeah, and I think one of the things the mayor has mentioned is like, okay, like we count W-2s at the end of the year and say like, oh, we created so many jobs, but it's not even about that. It's about like, okay, how many, where are those people living? Um, and, you know, what's their quality of life? How are they getting to and from work? And so I think we're, we're definitely taking a different look into, you know, what counts as, um, you know, workforce development, which I'm, I'm excited to see how that pans out. Mm -hmm. And Austin ISD now has a permanent superintendent. Mm -hmm. um, Mateus Segarra was appointed or was named as the loan finalist yesterday, December 14th. Um, the contract or public forums will be held in early 24, in 2024 with a the school board anticipating a vote on his contract in January, which is really cool. You know, to, to Mateus was actually a, he's an Austin ISD product. His, his mom was a teacher. I think he went to Bowie High School. He's like a few, he's a few years older than me. But, um, you know, it's, it's always, it's interesting, it's always interesting and cool to see someone who's homegrown level up into that, right? We're both, well, I'm from, well, I'm from Austin. I was born here, I was raised here. And it's always neat seeing people you were just, you were kids, you were kids with, who were from your childhood, all of a sudden, oh, there's that person? Awesome, cool. So I didn't grow up with Mateus, but congratulations to him. I think it's, uh, it's really, it's neat to have someone who is, and he has children who are in the district as well, to have someone who is really in the community like that, um, to, you know, we'll see how it goes. I wish him well and success. Um, you know, on, on that school districts are, that's the kind of politics I would not want to get involved with. And he's handled some very, very, um, serious issues within the district. Mm -hmm. you know? Most recently the, the, uh, the, well, the shooting spree that it yeah. started at rate and rate, not Reagan high school anymore, Northeast high school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he was able to, you know, um, ensure the safety of all of the students and faculty along with, um, the help of law enforcement. So, um, definitely excited to see him in the position and big congratulations to him and just having a permanent executive right yeah. and you know right now we're still on the on the city side there i think and more to come on that in 2024 but there are a slew of um of, of positions that i think will will be addressed either probably later part of 24 or in 25 starting with the city manager as well as the police chief and others that oh will gosh. need to be i mean we have a i think uh, you know there's there's we'll We'll know more about that. I think we'll talk more about that in the course of next year. But that is something I think we'll see a lot more activity around the city executive, permanent executives going into Q3 and Q4 and then probably Q1, 25. Which is weird to think about this a year away, but time flies. And you've been here almost, you've been here over a year, just over yeah. a year now, right? Yeah. So time just, time, time is both flies. slow and fast. Yeah, no, I was, I was got to go to an Austin Young Chamber event yesterday. Mm -hmm. And congratulations um, to all the to all the audience what uh, what happened. Yeah, yeah. So um, I I won a little bit of an award. I got a rock star rookie. So big thank you to the Austin Young Chamber for that. Um, I really love being in that group, um, and it's been fun. But I 
I thought I'd been there for much, like, um, I guess longer than I was. And they, they told, they said like I joined in March and it, it was just a whirlwind, you know, I'm on the ambassador committee. So I'll, I'll do a quick plug. If you want to join the Austin Young Chamber and be on the ambassador committee, uh, feel, feel free to reach out. I'd be happy to talk about that. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was, I was like, wow, I, I can't believe that I've like made these connections and, and all of this in such a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. It felt like just an absolute whirlwind. Um, but it was a great event and I'm excited for the new year. We've got some cool stuff planned. Got to talk to a lot of my colleagues there. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that. No, it's, time's a trip. Time's mm -hmm. a trip. Well, with that, we are wrapping up today. And uh, council, again, is done for the year, barring any other any special meetings. They'll be back in session on the regular their work session will be on January 14th. And the regular session on January 16th. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. One thing, and we'll be back next week for a wrap-up show for the year, 2024, and for December. I know council is looking at the message board. They are a set. Council is kind of figuring. They're figuring out who wants to be on what committees for the new year. Some of that discussions are on are on are happening. Well, they're all happening right now. So ignore that. We'll have a link to the council message board in the show notes. Otherwise, y'all have a great weekend. And uh, if you're traveling, safe travels. Drive safe. Fly safe. All of the above and and more. Yeah. Everyone, stay safe. Bye.